Welcome to Bendy. Join your two favorite transatlantic weirdos, Andy from Ireland and Beth from the USA, as we take you on a journey through every topic imaginable with insight, vulnerability, and fart jokes, or in other words, the complete human experience. Hello, and welcome to Bendy, a podcast about being flexible in all of the ways that means. Thanks for joining us. My name is Andy Young, and I'm one of your brave Urbian hosts. Joining me, as always, is our other brave and Urbian host, Beth Martin. Beth, a pleasure as always. Andy, it's always always a pleasure. And as with every week, I don't know what word you're talking about. What does Urbian mean? (laughs) It means, like, sophisticated and knowledgeable. Uh Worldly, right? Which, you know, obviously. Worldly. Deeply worldly. Oh, I can't barely say that word. (laughs) (laughs) Captions is going to have fun with that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, it is. Um, What's the crack? Um, So I learned something Mm -hmm. that the kids are saying these days. I know. So for our our, uh, younger demographic, uh, apparently you're not, you age yourself if you say cell phone. It's just phone. Oh, interesting. It's Hard just interesting. a phone. Isn't that strange? I like that one. Yeah, I... Do you say phone no... or do you say cell phone? Um, We say phone. I, but I, cell phone's not really... It's mobile phone would be the kind of mobile cool version of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, for us, I think it's probably just phone now because like even the idea of like a home phone is kind of wild and offensive to a lot of young people now it's like what you have a home your a phone in your house so yeah so that was a fun fact that i learned um i, I do love finding out those sorts of things like um you know you know the term extra no yes so, no well you probably know the word extra i obviously. do <laughs> but if you describe somebody as extra yes. it means they're like a, a bit much yes your extra yes. and I really lo- I only find that I, I think it's even an old one now that's probably even dating myself but I found that out pretty recently I love it love it yeah if anybody has uh slang terms that we need to be hip to please let us know yeah. that, that, that the youth uses <laughs> and I will stop the <laughs> cell phone <laughs> yeah we'll, um we'll try but I, I you know it's funny because like we have an old car from like 1980 something that actually has a mm-hmm. car phone so I can say car phone. That's awesome. Is it like a big chunky boy? It's a chunky. I and I have uh, yeah. My dad like kept he had kept a museum of cell phones. So I still have the like we have the brick. Do you remember the brick? Nice. Yeah. Like we, I feel I don't I feel like they were you didn't tend to see them loads. I mean I was very young at the time, so I don't remember. But like I I re- only remember we sort of get like the Nokia ones, which are quite chunky mm-hmm. and then it just all went insane from there yeah the bl- the flip phone and the blackberry anyways uh i went to a speakeasy last night Ooh. i know in a mall mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're like at the mall and then like you go in this like shop and they've got all these like you know drinks for not drinks but like really expensive amazing bottles of different types i should have gotten a photo of all of like the irish whiskey section oh yeah and uh but i didn't do that uh, but maybe I will next time. But and then you go, you walk in, and it's like that scene from Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade, or yeah, Last Crusade, where they're mm-hmm. in the castle and they're like tied to the chair, 
yeah. in front of the fire the fireplace and they one of them mm-hmm. like touches the button and the whole thing swings around and the Nazis are in the other room. That's what it yes. was. So you sit in the chair and the whole thing swings around and then you're like Amazing. in you're in a speakeasy. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Uh, and I ordered a Cosmo and they were like, we don't serve that here. <laughs> but we, wow. yeah, they were like, we don't have cranberry juice, but we'll come up with something similar. And I was like, okay. So again, not a, not, I'm not cool. I'm not cool. Not even it with the. Like, it's a speakeasy format, but it's like legal or is it on the DL? Can you not reveal you know, where you went? Uh, it was busy. It was crowded. Okay. And like, okay. I've been to another one in San Francisco where you had to like make a reservation and then at a certain time they would give you like the code word for the day. Yeah. And if you don't have the code word for the day, you can't get in and then you go into the restaurant and then you have to find like the bookcase and then there's someone standing by the bookcase so you have to say the code word and then you go into this other room. It's like a room within a room within a room. Yes. So they have them. Um, and it's interesting the t- both both that I've been to don't they don't serve food. So oh, that's yeah, I just want to get you. just want to get you liquor. Basically, <laughs> yeah, but it's all like decorated like the you know the nineteen twenties. It was it was very yeah. cool, like prohibition in America kind of thing. That's awesome. Um, and then, um, on a sort of emotional. Uh, mental uh health checkup stuff i'm i was talking to my therapist and i was just like i'm trying to do all the things right i'm working on this and i'm working on that and i'm trying to do yoga and i'm trying to meditate and i can't journal i'm not doing all the things that i normally do and she was like what if you just give yourself permission to like not do them (laughs) and i was like what and she was like what if you change your schedule what if you do yoga for five minutes or not at all you know, what if you journal uh, a sentence instead of like pulling cards and writing two pages? And like, what if you just give your permission? Like, she's like, you're busier now than you were before. You're capable of doing things, you know, more capable than you were six months ago. Like you're going to sure. have to change your life a little bit to make room for all these other things that are bringing you, you know, I'm going to say it, that are bringing you <sighs> joy. <laughs> Andy. <laughs> I love to hear that. I know. So um, that's been making me feel less crappy about myself in general. So, yeah. Yeah. So. Good. No, I'm very glad to hear Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's the crack with you? Um, so I started a new job on Sunday. And I'm driving, I'm driving cars for a car rental place. I wouldn't name the car rental place. Just better safe than sorry. Okay. Uh, it was interesting because it was like mostly me in a uh, car with like four 60 year old 60 plus year old men driving back and forth to pick out rental cars and <laughs> um, it was good it was like uh, just you know as a way to kind of I, I'm basically trying to listeners I'm trying to pack as many sort of working hours into one day to kind of get all my bills paid and one sort of one sort of day get out of the way basically this was my first shift of this so it seems to be going well so we'll see what happens you need but, to uh, get all of the stories you can from them oh i'm already here like there's already so much like in office fighting and like you know tales of like sub managers <laughs> you know gone rogue and whatnot so i'm like this is amazing i'm just like 
I just love like sitting back and listening to people talk, you know, I, I, you know, and it's so it's it's perfect. But it was it was good. It was a good start, and uh, although it's a long old day, it was like ten hours. Nine o'clock. It was nine to so eleven hours. Okay, those are like nurses' hours, doctors' yeah. hours. Yeah. And obviously, what I'm doing is as if not more important than doctors and nurses driving cars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. That was a joke. Doctors and nurses, you're very important. You I love you. You're amazing. <laughs> uh, I know what I'm doing is basically pointless, but you know, it pays the bills. Well, people need their cars. They do, exactly. They're helping yeah. tourism and I, uh, people to have experiences. And that is important. Oh, it is. I was go- That was almost the perfect segue to our topic this week, but we've still got I have to, yeah, a little bit more to do, don't we? We do. I so, have something. So, Beth, before we get started with that, uh-huh. uh, what's occurring? Okay. Current. No, that's not right. No. I, I, I over-pronounced that. Right. Was, okay. <clears throat> okay, do it again. What's occurring? Okay. <laughs> so we got some feedback on, we. Uh, I can't remember which episode. Uh, listeners, if you remember, let me know. I think it might have been episode three, four, or five, or six. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> um, we were talking about how, because you and I have a hard time like finding joy uh, yeah. in being alone. And so um, one of our wonderful dear friends, Katie, reached out and was like, you asked, if anyone finds joy in being alone, that's me, alone in a forest, on the beach, sitting in a crowded cafe, even in my Mm. car. Joy for me is in those moments that life kind of just stops. You feel alone and totally connected all at once. And I just like, I love that idea of being surrounded by people and yet putting up all the boundaries and the barriers and just being like i'm having an experience surrounded by other people by myself yeah and i i like that a lot it's awesome yeah it really is it's uh and it's so i would find it hard to do yeah i I was that's like it's it's such a foreign idea because you know i think maybe both of us are um people that like to fill space yes very much so (laughs) and talk to people um so i don't know i may like go to a coffee shop after the thanksgiving craziness and just sit and do something by myself and just be surrounded by people because i remember like i've done that with my like maybe like when you you know when you travel and you're walking around and you are surrounded by other people yeah. and you're solo traveling like that that's that's what she's talking about i think like yeah and i it's something i do enjoy but i, I certainly i find it a little bit tough to like even do those sorts of things mm-hmm. and even the, the thought of that's kind of giving me heart palpitations it's like i like it in theory but i know that like i will just you know go nuts very quickly and yeah some sort of stim- stimulated in some yeah or yeah yeah so if, if that's helpful for anybody else i just thought i would share and then um this is for our last episode on emotional health i read an article and i posted it to our facebook page and also um to our website it's an article called why men don't have enough close friends <laughs> Yeah. Which is so topical. Literally, some of the words that we used in our episode are in this article. I don't know which came first, but, you know, chicken or egg, us or CNN. But uh, I'm just going to read a couple of blurbs because uh, it was fascinating. It says, boys don't start emotionally 
don't start emotionally disconnected. They become emotionally disconnected. Boys receive messages that growing up and manning up, um, shedding that soft side. They actually use the word soft side, and we talked about that with you. We did. Uh, A mindset that neuroscience, social science, and developmental psychology all show is harmful to them. We gender relationships as feminine. If that's a feminine thing, it becomes a weakness or a liability if men admit to needing friendships. The key is to move beyond. So you hear, here's, here's, here's what you can do. The key mm-hmm. is to move beyond banter and liability. If men, no, oh, sorry. The key is to move beyond banter and general niceties and ask questions you find meaningful, so, such as what friends like about their jobs or what happens to their feelings after breakups. Don't worry, it's not rude to do so. Most people report wanting to be asked these questions. Research has shown close friendship protect our mental and physical health, and men who prioritize those relationships are fighting off one of the most harmful things about human health, loneliness. Mm. Boo, I can't mic drop because I need it right now. Do you just want to just like dunk a basketball or something instead <laughs> yeah there you go so Beth if you're you know if you're listening she's dunked a basketball it's a sweet dunk as well <laughs> I was uh, yeah, yeah. I, isn't that interesting it's so interesting and I think it's so I mean it's yeah it needs to be said and I'm glad that there's articles out there I mean I feel like the, the, the problem is that a lot of the guys who really kind of struggle with that sort of stuff aren't ever going to read an article like that. <laughs> That's a good like, point. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, as much as I, so I just, I wish there was a way to kind of spread that word further. Um, that's what we're, know, that's but, what we're doing. Exactly. So just point them to our last episode, folks, if, you know, yeah. And, you know, then they can like, who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> Soft. <laughs> Not me, I'm hard. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> the other so the other like um so I, i'm not gonna pronounce her name incorrectly the feedback we got from one of my friends was that beth sounded like is it bren brought brene brene brown brene brown okay good lord uh which i thought was lovely once i i didn't realize who it was at first but it was lovely when i found out <laughs> <laughs> tell them what the feedback was oh the feedback was that you sounded like Bre- Brienne Brown Brene. and Brene. Oh no, I'm so sorry, Brene Brown. I'm sure you're very talented. I just I'm not aware of you. Um, um, and that Beth sounded just like her, which we thought was lovely because she is a professional podcaster and she also does. I think she does TED talks and things like that. Yeah, as well, she's an author. She's a awesome. really. She's a. I mean, na- uh, world, worldwide, national. I don't. That's not a thing. She's a worldwide best-selling <laughs> author um, who does like social research, and okay. uh, it's it's a compliment to even uh, be in the same room name space as her. So, uh, well, she can maybe come on the podcast. Maybe like, someday we'll she'll be on. someone. Someday will be like you sound like Beth Martin, Brene. <laughs> <laughs> she were like, Thank you. right. So Brene, we'd talk. love to have you on. Yeah, yeah, I will. I will definitely learn how to pronounce your well, name. And honestly, by the time we are on. some of the, a lot of the stuff that she talks about is around vulnerability, and yeah. um, that's kind of what we talk about. So it's a that's that's great. That's great feedback. It's good synergy. So yeah, totally. 
Do you want to do you want to dive into or do you have to do you have the whole name of the topic written out? Uh, oh no, I don't have. I do. Do you have it? I do. Okay. So this is this is this is uh, part one of yeah. True tales of tragic travel. <laughs> da, da, da. So I guess we had such nice feedback from people mm-hmm. on the travel episode and multiple others wanted us to talk a little bit more about travel. And Beth and I have both had some really kind of interesting, not all negative experiences necessarily, but interesting and wild and weird experiences. So we just thought we would spend a wee bit of time talking about those. And obviously, as in any episode, if you have any tales, uh, wild and weird tales, please send them to us as well. We will read them. We will read them. (laughs) We will read them. (laughs) You can bet on it. Brene Brown will uh, read them to you in... Uh... <laughs> yes, you can I send in your weird, wild uh, travel tales, please. Yeah. Um, so, I guess, Beth, do you have anything you'd like to kick off with? I have so many that are so weird. Um, I think I'm going to start with shark cage vomit diving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I was uh, five months pregnant with Harper... And we went to the bit, no, Oahu, one of the islands in Hawaii for like a, they call them baby moons where you go and you're like, you know, can't drink and you can't eat raw fish and you go somewhere and you hang out. Uh, And so I was like, we love scuba diving and like we were both bummed, right? that we couldn't dive and like Mike was so good. He like, we went whale watching on a boat and it was super fun. And then he was like, okay, tomorrow I have a surprise for you. Like I, we're going to get up early and um, I'm going to try and shorten this because it's a long story and I ha- I can ramble. Uh, so be up early. And I'm like, okay, so we get up and get in the car, drive up to the Marina and there's a big sign that says shark cage diving. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so excited. Like mm-hmm. if I can't, dive with sharks at least I can be in a cage with them so I'm like trying to hide the fact that I'm pregnant because you're not allowed to be pregnant on these you know it's all because it's like three miles out they've got a cage it's actually cemented to the bottom of the ocean so the boat goes out there and uh you get out of the boat into the shark cage and you know I've got my snorkel gear on we've got the GoPro camera and I remember like settling down into the bottom of the cage and just like being like here I am and like there's lemon sharks and you know there's sharks whatever uh but what I could hear all of a sudden I was like what the fuck is that sound and I'm gonna butcher this but it was like and I'm like, holy shit, it's a fuck. They're humpback whales singing to each other. I know. It was the coolest thing. So I'm just like down there. I come up and I'm like, oh my God, I hear whales. And Mike goes down and like, we're like, you know, it's so cool. So we got it on GoPro. And then all of a sudden, like all this little particulate started floating around and we came up and I was like, are they chumming the water? Is that why like all the sharks are here? Cause there were sharks everywhere. And there was this, like, one girl wearing, like, a super, like, cute... I was in my, like, rash guard and, like, you know, not my cutest outfit, whatever. And she was in, like, this string bikini and, like, trying to look beautiful. And, like, you know, it's three miles. It's heavy, choppy water. It's not for the faint of heart, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. all this particulate, like, little, like, bits of... look. It looks like fish, fish bits, right? 
So I was like, they must be chumming. And I'm like, Mike, it's chum. And he's like, no, that lady over there in the string bikini just puked and we're swimming in it. Oh, no. Fiend. The end. Wow, that's yeah. wild. Yeah. What a freaking. <laughs> Where do you even start with that one? That's I don't genuine. know. What experience though? Like I, I thought that like I mean, first of all, I kind of thought the whale song was something that you couldn't really pick up with the human ear. I guess maybe that was my uh, understanding. Um, uh, so that's what an incredible experience. It really, yeah. it was very nice. cool. And I apologize to everyone for the whale sounds that I made. <laughs> very accurate. I apologize to any whales. You look so confused. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what could that be? <laughs> so yeah so Amazing. that's that's one that one uh it was pretty tragic knowing that yeah that like i'm swimming around in vomit <laughs> yeah i know like uh, no one wants that and you couldn't get out of the cage right you're stuck <laughs> it reminds me it's, i i have another from it but like it reminded me of something like i, I really don't want to talk about it cause okay it's, so gross. it's fine um but other materials in swim pools that were very disgusting okay um anyway what uh, about so you the one that like and i was trying to find, i couldn't i couldn't remember the name of the place and i did, I did look, try to look it up but i, I can't I feel like it's a K-song. I don't know. Anyway, right. So the story is about I went to North Korea twice. I don't think I talked about this in our last... You talked I, about how you went, but you didn't really go into detail. I, I just touched on it, didn't yep. I? Yeah. Yep. So I'm going to talk about... Both those trips were pretty insane for different reasons. So I'm going to talk about trip number one. Let me save trip number two for next. No, this is trip number two, but I'll, I think trip number one was more interesting. So they're both cool, though. So... We, I, went, I went to North Korea twice and uh, technically three times because it was at the um, the border and you get the JSA or Joint Security area and it was like on both kind of sides of that. Um, but, the, the what um, area? The Joint Security area. Joint so Security like, area. Yeah, at the, uh, you know, the, the where the border yeah. basically I heard Joint Security area. <laughs> Joint security area. I've only had two drinks. No, no, I've not had any drinks. I've not had any drinks. Uh, and uh, basically, it's it's an intense sort of setup there as well. It's got like the world's most dangerous golf course on it because there's like landmines everywhere. It's not. Uh, what? Even that's a, what? Uh, it's so intense. I have to Google because, the what. So basically, right there is a. Um, there's the border wall that's heavily guarded, one of the most heavily fortified, I think, in the world between North Korea and South Korea. At a point, I think in about somewhere around the middle, there is an area that is tourists can go visit. And so you have one side with the sort of, you know, barracks for like uh, the North Korean troops and the other side is barracks of South Korean troops. And you have them like basically standing there staring at each other. It's really intense. And like you're basically, you can go into this hut, and one half of the hut's in North Korea, and one half of the hut's in South Korea, and like so, you could be in both, you know, countries. One foot uh, in the one, and one foot in the other. Yeah, like that was there's like a place you can be in like five states at the same time or something like yep. that. Mm-hmm. Um. So. This isn't even the story I was trying to tell, but yeah, I'll just so basically there there is a a lot of, um overgrowth a lot of like wild land that is untouched that is like been heavily mined and things like that um and i believe it was because there's like a lot there's a fairly 
substantial American military presence in, in Korea. So there's a lot of American troops there as well. Mm-hmm. And some of them set up a golf course at one point or another. And I think it's only... That's what we do. Is, of course. I mean, there's a lot of free lands. You can see why they would want to. And I think it's as many as nine holes. But like I know that's small for a golf course. But still, it's a lot for that area. And... Oh, excuse me. And... Um, Yes, there. There's that golf course is supposed to be the most dangerous in the world because there are landmines everywhere. If your ball goes off the fairway or the green or whatever, it could potentially roll into a mined area. Wow. That's, wow. Yeah, right. Okay, you just this is blowing my mind. Keep going. And there's actually a um, <clears throat> a film um, called Joint Security Area. Um, it's not super about this, but it's kind of one of the biggest sort of Korean films ever. But it's 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 interesting and kind of is a wee bit of a window into what that whole sort of reality is like. But that was nuts. That's all I can really remember about that. That was a good trip. The one that I was going to start talking about was I did a day trip and I think the place is Kaesong. I can't remember. I couldn't find the name. Uh, um, but it, it's almost like a kind of model city. Um, so like it's the place that they like. They Certainly at the time, which was what, maybe 12, 13 years ago for me, um, it was the model city they would let you into, and it was an example to kind of show the rest of the world. I think I've well. seen a documentary about this, where it's like it was false fronts on buildings yes. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it was. So I, I think the memories I have of it, because we went on this trip, some of my friends came over, came, came over to visit me, and the three of us went on a trip, and... It was Korean. It was a, it was a trip for Koreans. So like all of the sort of um, the tour guide was was talking to us in Korean. There was a guy there who could, could speak English. who was kind of like filling us in a little bit, but a lot of stuff just we didn't understand. But it was fine. We were just kind of looking out the window and kind of drinking it all in. And exactly that there was there was like tons of shops. So that it was looked really nice. There was tons of like shops, but like. You know, you would see in the window, um, the shops, you have some mannequins and the mannequins would be like, you know, dressed in fashions or whatever. But if you looked even a little bit beyond, you would see that there's nothing in the shop. It was complete fabrication. Uh, and it all, I like, I think all the ones that I noticed were like that, you know. And um, so we did that. On the way in, the guy who was leading us sang what I was told was a really patriotic North Korean song about how great uh, the Glorious Leader was. Um, and um, we got there, we did a bit of a tour of the city. It wasn't super, we, you kind of, you're very restricted, you know, in terms of like, you know, you're led from one place to another and you just kind of have a look around. Uh, but what we were excited to try was, um, so North Korea's national beer is a thing called Taedong Gang. It's funny that I cannot remember the name of the city, but I can't remember the name of the year. <laughs> <laughs> damning, damning indictment of myself. And um, so we wanted to get some bottles of that to bring back because it's essentially impossible to get. So you can get them in limited numbers in South Korea, but like I was there for a year and I didn't, I wasn't able to get my hands wow. on any of them. So we we brought let them back. We brought like three three back each. Um and really delicious beer and and so we brought it back and like some of those guys didn't drink the beer because they wanted to keep it and i'm like i'm definitely trying this like it's 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 like you know it's the people who freaking buy you know the action figures or toys or what yeah. or lego and keep and, and keep put them, them on a shelf so yeah the point yeah anyway um 
So we took it back and it was fantastic. And I thought that I'm going to put South Korean blast here. Most South Korean beers were really bad. I found them to be very gassy and I just <laughs> really didn't like them at all. Like gassy is um, in too many bubbles or like farty? Yes. Ah. Too many bubbles okay. and resulting in fartiness. Fartiness. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but like this beer was so good. It was really delicious. And we then found out, we did some research and we found out that Taedong Gang is actually a English beer. Um, so what happened was many years ago, um, I think it was um, Kim Jong. Um, I can't remember. Uh, Kim, Kim Jong. Jong I think. Mm. I'm trying to remember the his father. Kim I can't Jong. Remember. I don't remember either. That's no, not super important. They're gonna uh, come for us. You can look it up, listeners. Yep. 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 Um, had been looking for a beer to represent North Korea. He sent guys out uh, in the world to kind of like find him a beer. They found a brewery. What a fun job. Beer. Go right? across the world and find the best beer. Amazing. And, in the name um, of patriotism. Well, this was the thing, right? So they, apparently the buyers were just told somebody wants to buy your entire beer company for a really good price. And they were not told who it was for until it was happening. And then they found out. And apparently, there's a term in this country where they talk about, like, they, they took the place brick by brick. Um, I don't think they did actually. I mean, who I who knows? But they essentially replicated the brewery exactly in uh, North Korea, and then it's it's essentially an English beer that is um, this kind of North Korea's national beer. And they literally took it from the UK, and it doesn't exist yep. there anymore at all. Yeah, the recipe went with them. Apparently so. Wow. So, and yeah. so you and Young have had three of those beers. Oh, yes, I have. <laughs> my friend, one of my friends on the way through the kind of checkpoint, which is like, you're told, be on your best behavior going in and out of the checkpoints because they cannot, on, on a whim, just arrest you, you know, so you really don't want that to happen. Um, he he dropped one of the balls and it shattered everywhere. <laughs> and we were like, oh, no. Fortunately, he was okay. But that was a scary moment. Yeah. Were you ner like Were you nervous when you were there? Were you like sweaty palmed at any point in time? I was because that was my second trip. Not as much. The first trip was definitely sweatier, and <laughs> there, for a number of reasons, it was like definitely hairier. Okay. And uh, we'll we'll get into that. You can say, that save it, save time. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, tell us why you were sweaty palmed. <laughs> I mean, like, part, I mean, like more two, sweaty palm one. than usual. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just to be clear, you know. So, um, Mike lived in Jamaica for six months, I think, somewhere in his twenties. He was working for mm-hmm. uh, this really cool um, program. It's called East West, and you you go to you spend a year going to three different locations around the world and studying marine biology. So he did the program, and then they ended up hiring him as their like scuba person in one of the locations, and he was in Jamaica. So he got to know Jamaica really well. We were dating, and he's like, "Let's go," and I was like, "Of course." Um, so um, one of the things we went. Basically all over, you know, went to Port Royal, Negril, Mo Bay, Montego Bay, but you, you know, Mo Bay mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. how they they say it. I don't know. I'm using Mike's lingo, but um, mm-hmm. we ended up actually going up to the Blue Mountains and stayed in this place uh, called Whitfield Hall. And there's no power. Uh, 
these you know kerosene lamps and they they serve you um breakfast and dinner uh and there's like the staff they're wonderful you know and then there's a, this i think i might have already told you this story but i i think I, yep um but it's good enough for um the world apparently <laughs> so yeah. and there's always like a giant vat of coffee on the on the boiler like and this beautiful jamaican woman is like stirring it and you can always just go in and dip your cup and Amazing. we went hiking to where we went to the, the tallest peak the high we were the highest people in jamaica because we hiked all the way up the, like 13 mile hike you know and down and then um we ended up uh leaving that day and this i guess this german couple had been there it's like it was it's kind of like a hostel everybody shares a bathroom um and they had left their half, like, you know, those old hiking pants, it would like zipper half of them and they'd be shorts and they'd zip them back yes. and then it'd be long pants. I don't even know if they make them anymore, but they were really hot for a while, which like, who mm-hmm. doesn't walk, want to walk around with zippers, like itching your knees, whatever. But they had left the half, the bottom part and this Jamaican lady was like this big woman. She's like, you know, I want to make sure that they get their pants back. Uh, can you can you call them and maybe meet them you know on your way down down the mountain and mike's like yeah absolutely you know whatever you need and so she's like okay so she takes her phone and she puts it up to her her nipple on her shirt and she's rubbing the phone to clean it off for mike on her big her big boob and hands it to him and you can see he's like taking it and he's like okay like Bye. <laughs> and they didn't answer and anyways we ended up having to mail them their their pants but it was just like that moment of like some woman rubbing a phone onto their boob and then handing it to mike and him having to put it up to his face <laughs> and try and talk to these people who speak german and he does not anyways so yeah. that that's that's that story it was a that's really a it's such a great place though like i highly recommend Jamaica is a place to visit. I so badly want to visit it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely high on my list. Yeah, yeah, it's. I was hoping to run into Keith Richards, but like we went to, like we drove by Bob Marley's house. Um, nice. You know, we went to Kingston. Oh, I do have one other little story about Kingston. So there's this really popular place they make jerk chicken. It's called Scotchies. So, so mm-hmm. Scotch bonnet is a type of pepper and. Yes. Um, so we know we knew we wanted to go to Scotchies because it was like super good. And we're we thought we found Scotchies. OK, so we're sitting at this bar and there's like these beautiful women and like Mariah Carey is playing in the background. And nice. it's just like it has like this sexy vibe. Right. And they don't sell you um, like you can't just order a cocktail. You have to order a pint of alcohol and then whatever mixer. So we ordered a pint of vodka and like we're sitting there and drinking and I'm like, when are they going to come and offer us chicken? Right. And these women kept looking at me and Mike and like looking at us weird and looking at me and like, and then these men kept coming in and talking to the women and leaving with the women. And then I was like, I think this is a prostitute bar. (laughs) Interesting. Uh-huh. And I asked, I was like, is this Scotchies? And they were like, no, it's next door. <gasps> and we were like, okay, we're going to finish our pint and head, 
head that way. But like you could tell that they were like, are these people here because they want to like have a threesome or like what is the situation? They could not figure us out and we could not figure them out. And we were really in the wrong wrong place. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah. So just these like throuples. I know. (laughs) Looking for a throuple. I know. Um, the, the, the funniest sort of like, um, uh, well, I have uh, something that's a second house story. Uh, so there's a, a, whenever I was in Thailand, there was, um, I, I only saw this once, but it made me laugh so much. There was essentially like uh, prostitutes driving around in mopeds and their pimp also driving around in moped ahead of them, like being like, you want some ladies? You're right there. <laughs> like, I'm good. And he was like, and I'm like, it's very efficient because you're going to hit loads of people. You know, you're going to see lots of people on your, on your driving around. But that was uh, that was that was kind of wild. It was kind of wild how Thailand is really kind of repressed and very hard and all that sort of stuff. But also, it's right out in the open air as well. I guess the locals, if they know who to pay off or whatever, or however these things go, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, such an interesting environment. Um. So, uh, I have a story. It's about a crazy place. Some of your listeners might be familiar with it. It's called. The United States of America. <laughs> uh, so it's just going to be snippets. I, like So I did um, a... Um, I, got a, I got a one month... I, so I, stay, I lived in North Carolina uh, for about five months. I went to UNC for a semester. And at the end of that, uh, one of my friends and I decided to get a month-long Amtrak pass. And we took a train kind of in his many sort of areas around the US as possible. Uh, amazing experience, really great time. I, I still have so many wonderful memories of that experience. Uh, but there was three specific things and like sort of uh, uh, encounters that I had that really kind of stayed with me. So the first one, I, I will end with the funniest and most rad one, but like the first one was we were in San Francisco. I think San Francisco at that time, because that would have been, let me see. That would have been very late 90s, like 99, 2000, I think. Um, I think the bloom was starting to come off the rose in San Francisco at that point. I think it was already starting to, because I think I had went thinking it's like, you know, hippie culture and really kind of rad and cool, but it really wasn't. It was like... It it wasn't bad, but it wasn't what I was expecting. Becoming the tech industry. (laughs) Yeah. Uh And a guy... um, really sort of theatrically bumped into my friend and then I heard like this glass like uh, this sort of glass hitting the ground sort of thing and this guy was like hey your friend knocked into me and I was taking these balls to get recycled and I was going to get this much money for these balls and now you owe me this money or else I'm going to fight you I used to be a boxer and all this (laughs) sort of thing and I was like I mean we were like just I mean, we were both super young. We were like 1920s. So he was like, oh, you're rubbing in the headlights sort of thing. And um, I, and I was like, wait a minute. If you're recycling them, does it matter if they're smashed sort of thing? And we were at first like, uh, 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 and we were like reaching for our wallets. And I then just went, do you know what? We don't have time for this. Just grabbed my friend by the arm and walked off. And I, the reason I remember that so clearly, and the guy just didn't do anything, as, as I kind of suspect that he wouldn't, I kind of saw that. But the reason why I remember that is it's the first kind of clear time in my memory of me really like sticking up for myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a really kind of you and know, you're like back and going. 
I'm going to run I away. Yeah, and it's, so it's glued into my brain, you know. I, I know, no, yeah, not, not sticking off for myself actually fighting or like getting into it with somebody, just being like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm out of here. See ya. Uh, um, so, yeah, that was a good one. But um, two other ones were I met, I also met a guy who in um, Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were staying in a hostel. It was a really amazing hostel. Actually, it was very cool. It was like, it's just the sort of hostels I don't think you really get so much anymore, but it was like, this had this big open plan living room with all these old, like the owner had all these old sort of vinyl records and we could like sit and listen to music and all. It was really fantastic. And there was this guy, gotta be in his 80s, 80s or 90s, who um, was telling us about um, his experiences in like World War Two. He had like a beret on, he had medals and stuff. And... It was one of these things that, like, he was just talking about it. I was like, is this guy for real? Do I, you know, we were a little bit suspicious of him. And also because we were, like, you know, young punks, you know. So we were just like, yeah, whatever. And he was saying that he was going around, he was going to schools, and he was talking to the schools about war, about the World War Two specifically, and what kind of nightmare it was. And um, just so you know, the kids could learn, you know, their, know their history and kind of learn from their history, I guess. Mm-hmm. And... Um, as like he was there we we saw him for a couple of days and as he left he kind of gave us this sort of printout of this like leaflet or this sort of news, newspaper article and right enough he was one of the paratroopers who was airdropped into France he had um, had consulted with Steven Spielberg over Saving Private Ryan Wow, all this sort of stuff uh, it was so nice and he was such a kind of um I, he was such a warm, nice man, you know, um, and I still remember him talking about his, he, because I think, um, he, he'd asked me where I was from, and I said, I'm from Northern Ireland, and he goes, ah, Ireland, he goes, um, I knew some some guys from, I knew some soldiers I fought with in Ireland, they died with honour, and I was just like, that was, and he said it with such a, uh, such a solemn tone, it was just, the gravity, reverber, yeah, reverberated with me. Um, I'm like tearing up. <laughs> I know it was really nice. Um, I couldn't find the article. I was, I was digging around for it. And I couldn't find it uh, to get his name, but it was just such a lovely encounter. It really was. Uh, the final one was so on one of our um, legs of the journey. I think we were going from Chicago. I think this was from Chicago to Colorado Springs. Um, it was like a twenty-four hour train journey. It was not. It was too much. Too much time in a train. And uh, I don't know how I got talking to him, but there was a guy. No, I know what happened was I was really I needed to get some sleep, and I was such a light sleeper, so I went to the smoking train because I was thinking nobody will be down there probably. I'll maybe get some sleep there. It didn't work out like that. There was some like young kids in there, like you know, messing around, and there was this old dude with like a sleeveless t-shirt on, like long hair, beard, and he was like just talking to the kids in such a matter-of-fact manner and like we all sort of ended up having a conversation about whatever and like they were kind of being kind of assholes and he was like not not tolerating it but in like a really kind of cool way he was just kind of like laying it down for them you know and um such a nice guy and then like he just took a shine to me and he was like let's go get some breakfast i'm like okay you're like i'm already awake and, <laughs> Huh? Yeah. I'm already awake. Like, yeah, exactly. I might as well. Uh, we went. We had some breakfast. Uh, that was my first time having like biscuits and gravy, which was awesome. Because I was like, I was like broke, and it was by far the cheapest thing they saw that was available in the dining car. Very filling. Yes. <laughs> and he proceeded to tell me his name. His name was Chuck Watts. He was a like roadie. He um had roadie for um. 
Hendrix. He had Ruby wow. for like Tom's people. He had like he gave me his card. It was another thing I tried to find, but I couldn't. Unfortunately, if I do find, it, I'll I'll get links. I get pictures taken and links put up. His card was like a dollar bill with him like rocking out where like one of the, one of the presidents would be. That's what and, we need for our business card. Right. It was so incredible. <laughs> I it's, I love this so much, and he was just such a uh, an amazing guy. And he just like told me stories after stories. But the thing that I remember more than anything is in one of his stories, he talked about like going to this cabin with his girl. I don't know how we started talking about girls, but he he talked about this encounter, and he goes, "Man." Whenever she took her shirt off, it was like a Buick was driving towards you. And I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't really know what a Buick was, but it was just such a strong image. <laughs> uh, it just stayed with me, I remember. And I, I think that has like stayed, imprinted my brain forever. Uh, but that was it was such a rad encounter. I mean that trip was pretty incredible. I've got to say, and we saw like I saw lots of the the US there. I saw like start making sense in San Francisco over there. One of the very did first you really? Shows. Yeah, it was incredible. And so yeah, it was just such a lovely lovely trip. And that's sort of the end of that. Sort of yes, the end. So that story. Who's the guy? Who's the leader of Stop Making Sense? Uh, David Byrne. So David is. Yes, so he went to the college that I worked at, and so every year there's like a big stop making sense party. Awesome. And um, I think he, yeah, I want to say I've met him because he so, came, he would yeah. Anyways, let's. So, so I, I know you know, you know his family's from here. No. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, he is He's from Carrick Fergus. Well, no, from Northern, Northern Ireland, Ireland. I say. or I think possibly Ireland. I can't remember. Okay. I'm going to get in trouble for this. Okay. But oh, um, they're well, coming for you. But I know. <laughs> but one of uh, one of my friends in university was his cousin, mm-hmm. and she would have, she would be able to go over and stay in his like New York apartment and things like that. Her and the family did a couple of times. It was like because we only really found out in sort of like an odd way, and that like. Uh, she was talking about going over to visit her friend, her cousin David, and being able to stay in a really fancy apartment. And one of my friends was like, "It's not David Byrne, is it?" And it's like, "Yeah, it is." It is. <laughs> Mad. So cool. Can I? This is totally digressing, but yeah, for your World War Two, um, I I'm curious. Yeah, who? If you, I'm curious as to who that was i will i will i think i know where it might be i think i know the container it's in i just haven't been able to find that container so i'm going to try to find that because i think the articles i think the articles in there and i think chuck watts um cards in there as well okay I'm pretty certain i saw it i've seen it within the past like five or six years okay so hopefully it's still around somewhere okay so my dad was a history professor and um I used to go to class with him every so often. Mm-hmm. And one of the nights that he was teaching, he was like, you should come tonight. I was like, okay, I think it was in high school. And this was back when you, you would use slide projectors. And so he would tell uh, story historical stories um, using photos. Um, and I always remember just like him laying all the history books out with his little like, camera and taking the photos and, you know, loading them on a slot, like getting the slides ready and, he was he was such a good teacher. Mm. Um, I did flunk history my freshman year of college, <laughs> but that's because I just knew it all, but I didn't pay attention. Yeah. No, um, it's because the teacher was so terrible compared to my dad that I was just like, I yes. can't even listen to you. Uh, but I remember it was about D Day, 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, he was, he invited a guest speaker to talk and uh, this man was talking about, you know, what it was like to land on, on Normandy Beach and um, really, you know, from the ground, like parachuting down and, um, you know, other people coming in on the, the, the boats and right up to the beach mm-hmm. and just, just mm-hmm. right away. And um, as my dad is, uh, as he's talking, my dad is going through these slides and there's this one slide that he goes to and it's, you know, a photo of these four soldiers and they're all you know, covered in blood and dirt and just, you can see the, I can't even, there aren't words for the looks on their faces. Yeah. And the guest speaker turns and he points to the second person and he says, that man right there, that is me. And I just, just like started crying. And my dad was like, holy shit, (laughs) you know, like, and ever the whole class, like everyone just started freaking out. And then yeah. as a gift to my dad, he actually had a little piece of his parachute and he gave wow. it to my dad. Yeah. So I, I don't know if my mom still has it or not, but that was, that was my dad framed it and had it on the wall. So yeah. Yeah. It's just like, um, I love that about you and that about him that you would just take the time to actually, I might cry, um, just <laughs> sit down and talk to someone and have a conversation. And then all of a sudden, right. Like, you have um, you, ha- you someone really becomes a human in front of you and yeah. all of their trials and tribulations and also like, you know, <laughs> Buick um, analogies. Yeah, Buick boobs, yeah. <laughs> Buick boobs. <laughs> like the headlights yeah, on a car, yeah. get it? <laughs> but exactly. it's just, it's it's so, it's so amazing. And, and that's, uh, you know, I I hope that you keep that with you. And yeah, you're a good listener, and it serves you well. So yeah, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. I think that's true. I do, and I lo- I really love it. I think I've said to you before, like I love, especially if something somebody's passionate. I mean, like that's you're different. It's not really passion. It's 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 more about stories and their lives. But I, I suppose there is that engagement there too. But like, I I love people talking passionately about something that they love or something that's of interest to them. I think there's nothing better than that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I far prefer, and I think it's also because. You know, I, I prefer listening to talking, you know, so that, but it, yeah, but for sure it's a, it's a, it's a good way to, to look at the world, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that was a dig- super digression, but um, it, was, it was good. I wonder, now I'm like, is it the same man? <laughs> I know it's possible. Yeah. We'll find out for next, I know, next week's episode. I know. That would be know. super cool. Yeah. And I'll, I'll yeah. talk, I'm, I don't, I don't have any of that information. I, although maybe I'll ask my mom. Like, you know what's interesting? If I can find this article, I'm pretty certain it has a photo of it, of yeah. him in it. So that might be helpful. Yeah, that so that would. might spark some memory. That would um, be amazing. But, so we'll see what I can find. See what you can dig up. I will. Okay, I went to South Africa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I um, got drunk at an auction ooh, and yeah. bought a trip to South Africa because I minored in um, African studies and I wanted to be a primatologist once upon a time. I think I told you this. Yes, you did. Remind me what a primatologist is. They study monkeys, and I wanted to be like Jane Goodall and go and then, you know, just watch and observe. And I did uh, a little bit of that in college um, at a research facility. Uh, And so I really wanted to go to Africa and just be be there. And so we ended up buying um, a safari (laughs) 
auction for a week in uh, KwaZulu Natal uh, in South Africa, which is where the uh, Zulu monarch lives and the Zulu Zulu, um, tribes are. So we ended up going because we paid for it. (laughs) And it's like a 50 hour flight to get to Durban. Um, And then from Durban, you would drive to this. uh, It was, it was actually a, like a reserve or preserve, uh, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of acres for all of these animals to, to roam free. And there were elephants and giraffes and hippos and, um, there were rhinos and the rhinos actually had, um, and I, I don't really have like one specific story. It was just all so amazing. Actually, no, I do. Um, I have some photos that I need to put up, uh, mm-hmm. about this. Um, but so the, 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 the rhinos actually had bodyguards. So two men with machine guns that would follow them around. And I'm assuming right, they would switch them out. But that was their job, was to go hang out with the rhino and make sure that no one poached the rhino and cut, cut the horn off. Um, so awesome. we got to see real rhinos. There were cheetahs that had babies. Um, and it was all open. Like, that, we had our little bunk houses. And um, we had a guide. But really, like, there were no fences and so mm-hmm. you'd open your front door and like a family of warthogs would just like run in front. And of course me, I'm like, you know, I think I'm Cinderella, right? Everyone's, all the animals are going to land on my shoulders, right? Right. So I went up to Mama Warthog and I was like, what's up? And she was like, <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah. you know, ran towards me. And I was like, oh, okay. But, you know, all these cute little like warthog tails running by. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did, they had like early morning safaris, like you know, middle of the day safaris, and then you could actually go on a night safari. Um, one of the other uh, people that went out, like a hippo tried to attack their car. Like it was really, it was very, very wild. Intense. Um, and you would see the, like they had these little deer called Impala, like feel, yeah. you know, running around. And then at dinner they would be like, and tonight we're going to be having Impala for <laughs> for our meal and you'd be like oh all those photos i took (laughs) those little guys um but i and then we went to um it was a crocodile okay so one thing i didn't know about hippos they're very very dangerous and our guide was he was super it was super cool he was so nice um so he took us out on so two two i guess interesting things that happened um he wasn't afraid of anything. All these things that had happened, all these wild animals everywhere. But we went on this night drive at around 10 o'clock at night and we're driving. And all of a sudden, like this giant spider drops down and it crawls into the engine and he stops, Mm -hmm. he stops the safari vehicle and he gets out uh, and his helper gets out and they get their flashlights out and they look terrified. So I don't know what the spider was. I don't know if they got the spider out. I don't know like anything, but it was just like the terror on their faces over this this thing. Granted, there yeah. were like, you know, other things that were hunting us in the night. Yeah. They did not care about, they were worried about the spider. Um, and then we went to, uh, so, and then I also found out his cousin, um, so hippos, it, there's like a Saint, there's a little town uh, near the preserve called Saint Lucia, and there are wild hippos everywhere. 
and his cousin got gored by a hippo in his backyard. <laughs> he was like, he heard something. He's like, what's back? Well, what? you know, open the back door, walks out. <laughs> like the hippo gores him in his stomach. And he lived. He I was lived. Say, I'm surprised he did live because they did. hear that they're yeah. pretty deadly they're, a lot of the time. Yes, yeah. and they look adorable with their cute little flippy ears yeah. and everything. And you just want to hug them, but you can't. Are there, I think they're like probably the most dangerous sort of mammal in Africa, I think. It's something like that. I would say just because they're, they live in suburbia, right? Yeah. In, and so when they're in your backyard, like, what do you do? I don't yeah, know. That's true. They're so huge. They're yeah, big. That's true. They're big. Yeah. So. Um, and then I remember <laughs> we were on a beach in the St. Lucia area and they have these boats. I can't remember what they're called, but there's a certain type of boat that actually will just like drive up on the beach. So we walk out to the beach and there's a warning sign, right? And it's like, warning, crocodiles, sharks, and hippos. And we're like, cool. Okay. We're not going to swim here. And then, like, I turn around and there's a boat coming at us. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And I just stand there like an idiot. And Mm -hmm. Mike's like, uh, as the boat keeps coming and keeps coming. And it's big, right? And he's like, it's going, like, you need to move. We need to move. It's coming. And it did. Like, so we started running as fast as we could. The boat nearly missed us and, like, drove up up onto the beach. And they're, like, yelling at us. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't know, like, that you were going to drive your boat onto the freaking beach. Yeah. So, yeah. I really love South Africa. I highly recommend it. Um, yeah. The people are super kind. Uh, it feels big. It just yeah. feels big there. And I've never been, I mean, obviously it's like, you know, one of the, it's the largest continent. Um, I'm probably wrong, but it's just that you can feel the expansiveness of the place and it just feels fabulous. It, it's definitely somewhere that I have like Africa just generally I have I've had friends who have done like you know the volunteer stuff where they've went to like build you know mm-hmm. schools or whatever or churches and whatnot and they always had such an incredible time and um, so it's always been tempting for me because it's like like you say I mean South, uh, South Africa is massive and like there's so like there's so many countries in Africa it's enormous and like such a wide variety of stuff in there you know uh, yeah, very much on my list. Mm-hmm. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And there are more stories that, yeah, I just, there's a lot of stories and photos that I'll post from that trip. Because yeah, it's just, it's just very cool. And really good signage. Uh, really? That's always a good sign. <laughs> yeah. That's hard yeah. to hear. Like, yeah. there, was, there was a crocodile pit and they had a sign saying, like, don't roll your wheelchair into the crocodile pit. It had, like, the little crocodile mouth and the person going down. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, I'll have to say that. That's so, yeah, I will, I will post that one. <laughs> um, You're next. What you got? Yeah, I'm thinking maybe we'll do one more. Let's do one more, yeah, and then... And then we'll, we'll, we'll do a teaser for next week. Yeah, I got some I... Yeah, because there's two in particular that I wanted to talk about. Um, okay, so um, I guess I'll just quickly talk, talk about Cuba. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably one of my... It's a... It's a tangled uh, uh, memory, but it's probably one of the best holidays I've ever had. Really? Uh, yeah. That says a lot. Uh, and it's true, actually. Um, but it was just such a, like, I don't think it's for everyone. And, like, I remember when we first landed there and it was nighttime and we were, like, driving. Like, what's so interesting about it is that there are, there are certain things that are typical of 
nearly every other place I've been, with the exception of North, North Korea, which is like, you can be certain you'll find like convenience stores or like, you know, petrol stations or things like that. And there is none of that there, not, not nothing at all. And it's just kind of weird not having those signifiers. And you're just kind of like, well, if I want to get like some water, what do I do? You know, it's, it's, it's not. And we arrived there in the middle of the night and like, there was a lot of, uh, there's only some streetlights were working. There was rubbish piled everywhere. There was like actual roadworks going on. And like, again, most other countries I've been to, roadworks, there'll be big neon cones everywhere. Right. There's just a big hole in the road. And like, it's so dark, I don't know how you would even notice it. So we like, to get to our accommodation, we had to go like really all the way around this sort of like, uh, these holes in the, in, the, in the streets. And once we arrived in our accommodation, it was really lovely. Um, but like so many of those places, because it's like, you know, they were built, there was so much uh, money and infrastructure put into place whenever the Americans were kind of in control of it. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of crumbling now. So a lot of these buildings, they have like the facade at the front uh, that aren't, wasn't in great nick. But then when you go inside, there's still this sort of like fairly robust Just tra- building, translating know. facade <laughs> for, uh, yeah. yep, yep. For those across across the pond, keep going. Across the pond, so um, but like, and I at first it was kind of just because it was so unfamiliar, it was a wee bit scary. But immediately it was, I really loved it. I loved the people. They were so kind, so friendly. Like they were, they would love talking to you. And like most of them had like a side hustle, like as in they would be like join some cigars and they would have cigars in their pocket. But like mm-hmm. if you said like I don't really smoke. Uh, I don't want any cigars, thank you. They would immediately go, okay, that's fine, and just talk to you. And, like, we had some really nice conversations with people about their feelings, about living there, and, like, uh, how unjust they felt that it was that they couldn't vote for a leader and how they wished they could travel outside of the country and things like that, um, which was so fascinating to just kind of hear that from from somebody there. Um, but, um, like, I also love that there was virtually no internet access it was just uh, so i was just able to have no internet access for like two i think it was like two and a half weeks incredible bliss and oh pure bliss and um you know the, the, there's this the, well, the other thing i kind of loved was that there's um you know you, you have this idea of cuba and all the sort of postcards show all the old american cars that have been kept uh, uh, in really good condition but russia has been as big an influence on cuba, on cuba as you know as, as well as america and there are tons of like really old Russian cars as well, like boxy Russian cars as well. Interesting. <laughs> Which you just don't see in the sort of publicity stuff. You know, it's all the colorful like nineteen uh, fifties, nineteen sixties kind of American cars. Volkswagens. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. No, no, it's like. Oh they, yeah, no, from like. They're like even bought. They're uh-huh. like they're. I I feel like. It, like Godfather Part Two. Yes, uh-huh. I would say that's. About, I know what you're talking about. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Really, really beautiful stuff. But like, it was just such a cool experience. I, um, like, I love the salsa culture there. I remember like doing dancing, like going to a salsa night that the like locals were dancing at, and the like level of dancing was just through the roof in a way that I've never seen. Um, but the food was incredible, like, you know, really inexpensive. You'd go in and you'd like pay like $10 and get like a five course meal and <clears throat> wow insane really insane um oh, lose my voice a little bit you're okay um i think well, it was just what no go ahead i was gonna say the last there was one last thing was um the 
on the, our last night there, basically, we kind of spent a few days in Havana. And Havana was good, but it was a wee bit touristy. We stayed at the kind of really fancy hotel on our last night there, and it was awful. It was the worst place we stayed in the whole time. Like, we stayed in Airbnbs a lot of the time, which was just basically people's back rooms, but there was something really lovely and cosy about those. This was just really clinical and awful and, like, not super functional either. Like, our shower didn't work, so it was all this sort of, like, fight. And... That night, we went to uh, Fabrica de Arts, which is this sort of big converted warehouse thing. I don't know if it's still there or not. Um, and um, it was essentially just this warehouse, which, which was filled with like, it was like a maze. So you would go upstairs and there would be like a sculpture gallery. You would, or sorry, downstairs would be a sculpture gallery, upstairs would be pictures. You would like go into a room. There was like modeling happening. There was a catwalk and people doing, they would go into a room. There was people doing an acoustic set. And it was so amazing. And like, it was just such, it was just kind of not, I'd heard it was great and people had recommended it to us and said, look, you must check it out. Um, and we had such a good time. It was so different than everything else that we'd experienced, which was very kind of authentic and local. But like, this just felt, this was kind of also chaotic in a way that I don't think you would get away with in a lot of sort of other sort of Western countries, you know, mm-hmm. obviously, and probably in terms of like, regulations and stuff like that would have stopped a lot of the stuff from happening you know but like there's we like restaurants nestled away in different places and little like snack bars and actual bars and it was just i don't know it was just such a wonderful kind of way to kind of cap that whole sort of trip off it sounds amazing and yeah i it's interesting kind of the juxtaposition of your last night and like typical travel right you ha- you stay yeah. in a hotel it is sanitized it is you know but like where it's at is you know the little restaurants that people have in their houses and yeah. like all that kind of stuff and i i've been to countries that have you know that's very that's just kind of how it is you know yeah and i love it because you do you get to interact you get to feel you know a little bit of a taste of what it's like to actually like live there it's true you know that's awesome and there's there's something to be said for that you know in terms of like just sitting around like like around a table with like locals that really kind of gives you a bit more understanding of that that Mm -hmm. i just think like it was interesting the i met american some american couples when we were there who were just who just thought it was really dirty oh yeah and didn't like it at all and um I uh, I was just in love with it because I, I liked it felt more authentic I think as a result you know it didn't feel like sanitized and trips that I've been on in the past where um, it was just a kind of package holiday were fine when I was younger but I, I found them very dull and I would end up reading like on those trips I would like take about 10 books with me and like read them all you know and that's not yeah. what I want to travel for yeah. you know yeah yeah, I'm not uh, like lay on the in the beach and read a book. Yeah, cover to cover. I'd rather like go and see and do. I hear you. Yeah, yeah. We took I a cruise you. once, and it was so. Uh, it's just so weird. Like you show up in a terminal, and they it's like kind of like North Korea. Like they've built it to look a certain way, and then you walk out of the. T- you know the shopping area basically and it's like mm-hmm. oh this is poverty you know or like yeah. oh this is this is an amazing place that i'd really like to see more of but you know they, they try and control it so much 
It's true. And uh, yeah, I like, um, I like the grittier. I love the idea that yeah, it's like there's a giant hole. Like watch out. Yeah. <laughs> and if you fall in, it's your own fault. <laughs> and I don't know whether it was true or not, but the story we were told about why that why a lot of things weren't fixed and why there was a lot of rubbish in the streets was that there was apparently like a state-owned tire factory and it had been raided and as a result there was no tires for like a lot of the the, the like government trucks and stuff and who knows if it was that was true yeah. but it was it was not that's amazing that's amazing so, yeah how like one thing can impact an entire country where somebody so, goes on not. strike and you're like okay well guess we guess that's it yeah Okay, well, I have a lot more. I'm just going to plug a couple things. Um, uh, Shoe Pisser at Burning Man. Maria Lightning Storm. um, Maria Woodford Bourbon Morning. um, uh, Harper pinching someone's naked boob. And I'll stop there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> amazing okay i have heard some of these stories uh-huh. and I, oh the thing that i yeah uh-huh. uh, and uh flamingos at a gas station Ooh, mm-hmm. that's an interesting one um the only one i gotta tease and some people know this at least parts of this story is that um i was in peru whenever the lockdown started oh, right yeah um you so made the news I did make the news. I may, I I may, I may have article. to. I'll, I'll put it on the website I think for the episode. Still there, yeah. It is. It is it. Yeah. I nice googled you for some reason because I'm trying to like steal pictures for like social media, yeah. and that it's like you're there. <laughs> Amazing. That's the that's that is the story. That it's makes a good me, picture. It is a good picture. I took that picture, and I also like <laughs> I took the pictures of uh, the streets as well. So like I'm I'm also officially a press photographer. I think. I will add that to your bio. Please. <laughs> one of, I'm a multi-hyphenate, and that is one of my, my hyphens. So, yeah, the question for, is... Then, for you know, you're a foreign correspondent. I have a foreign correspondent. That's true. Amazing. Um, so the question to you all uh, that will be, or the answer that will be revealed to you next week is, did I make it home from Peru? <laughs> Can yeah. you guess? Yeah. And, Maybe. Yeah. And were we all scared for you? Yeah, that's true. A lot of people were scared for me. But we'll talk about that next week. Next week. Uh, Stay tuned. But in the meantime, Beth, Mm -hmm. I'm getting angry about this question now as it goes on. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What have I done? I've made the cage we have made first. I know, right? So, Beth, what's bringing you joy this week? Um, I will say this. I think I said this last week, too, but this is getting easier for me every week that we do it. Yes. I hate it when you're right. So, um, my daughter got her ears pierced mm. and so did I, cause I was like, well, I'm here, I'll get some more. Um, but she was so brave and like, it's a Good thing, right. To go in and have a needle shoved in your earlobes It is, and like, you know, all you've known or maybe the vaccine and I'm not getting, getting into the vaccine debate, but you know, sure. the needles that you're around are not normally exciting ones. And she was like, okay, you know, like if, is it okay if I scream? The lady's like, you do what you, whatever you want. And yep. she didn't, she just, she, it was like, I was holding her hand. She had sweaty palms. She went cold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as it was over, she was like, that was it. 
and then she was like it felt like a guinea pig was tickling my earlobe amazing <laughs> uh, but Good i just yeah i just the bravery of 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 my child i guess brought me a lot of joy and i didn't think she was yeah, i was like i gave it 50 50 that she would actually go yeah. through with it and she did and i was and i also you know i wasn't like you need to do this you you know we i was like you if you want to do it you great if you want to back out don't care we'll go out to lunch instead and she's like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it and then she did and then i did and i I did too and i probably would have been more nervous about myself but i was so focused on her i don't even remember it happening but yeah yeah but now like my headphones are like hurting (laughs) I was gonna say my new piercings. So fly, I'm so rad. Because we're bringing we're bringing that back. So yeah, so that's what's bringing me. That brought me a lot of joy. If um, I have, uh, if I find that the same box that has the all this kind of wonderful stuff in it, there should also be f- some photographs with me with my like spike ear piercing and like four piercings at the bottom. I didn't know piercing. that possibly my tongue piercing i had it my tongue pierced too Mm. what a stupid idea that was oh it's awful like (laughs) oh i have a story about that i still have the scar yeah me too it's so gross on the other side when i want to gross the kids out i'll be like "Mm," and they're like yeah yeah i'm like never do this because that was a big needle that was a big needle and they take a chunk out of your tongue Well, I, I have a really gross story about it. I don't know if it is a podcast worthy story, but we can we can okay. chat about it sometimes. Okay. See, see if we can okay. if we can put it on. We pod. can do body body mutilation. Yeah, <laughs> how fun! What's um, bringing you joy? Uh, you know, I as you said, it's getting easier for you. I think it's getting harder for me. So <laughs> I have lots of good options, but no. Um, What's your glimmer? What was my glimmer? I guess I'm happy that um, I have my weekends back. I have my Friday and Saturday nights back. So that's been great. Um, I wasn't able to do much this weekend past, but it was just nice having them free. I did catch a movie, which was a nice experience with a friend I hadn't seen in a while. So that was good. So um, though the movie itself was just kind of okay. It was like one of those movies that like, for I'd say for about an hour and a half, two hours, I was like fully gripped. And then the ending happened and I was like, Seriously, mm-hmm. not cool. Do you uh, want to name? Was, do you want to name the movie? I do want to name the movie. It was Salt Saltburn. Okay, I haven't heard of it. It's so. It's, have you heard of the movie Promising Young, Young Woman? Yeah, no. Okay, so it's maybe the same director as that. Okay. It, yeah, I'll it's look it up. Uh, yeah. Um, I and again, I really loved a big chunk of the movie. It's just the anthem was very disappointing but it was just nice to be with my friend so that's the important thing good that's so that's bringing me that's what's bringing me joy this week that's good yeah. i'll take it i'll take it absolutely me too do you want to so, beg do you want to beg our listeners yeah please please so we, yeah look yep yeah, yeah, i'll let i'll folks, let you do it thanks so we need you to if you would like to subscribe to like no matter what sort of platform you're using if you could do that we would really appreciate it and um, it would really help us out in a big way uh, allow us to kind of extend our reach and things like that so if you're liking what you're hearing and you could give us a wee like or subscribe that would be lovely yeah follow yeah. follow subscribe uh yeah. like um share all of the things all of the yes. things this is starting to have momentum and that's yes. exciting um and we just want to be here for 
everyone um, because I I hope that people find this either help helpful or laugh um, and maybe don't feel as alone. Yeah. So we are here and yeah. we want to keep being here and be able to do this forever. Forever, exactly. So I think what I would say is that, yes, we do love you all, but if you <laughs> like, subscribe, follow, we love you a little bit more. So if you want to like, if you want to bathe in the glow of our love, <laughs> that's fully, that's the fully, the full way to do it. <laughs> and I can't top that. <laughs> You're the funny one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. The jury's out. Um, but yes, Thank you as always, folks. Um, lovely to uh, chat or uh, to fill your ears with our uh, words. Um, and as always, we would like to remind you to stay, stay bendy. bendy. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to Bendy, a Bethany podcast. We are extremely grateful to all of you who have tuned in so far and really appreciate your support and your friendship. We're asking our amazing friends and listeners to please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and YouTube, and any other ones we don't even know about, and follow us on social media to keep us up to date on what silly things we're up to. You can listen to all of our episodes, submit ideas for future podcast topics, Ask us for advice, submit a joke, or an interview request at bendypodcast.com. Next week's episode is an extension of True Tales of Tragic Travel Part 2, which is an expansion of our travel stories from one of our earlier episodes because we just have too many weird stories. There might be stories of Andy getting stuck in Peru on Friday the 13th of COVID shutdown, Beth getting COVID at either Benihana or a Rod Stewart concert, and more amazing stories of North Korea. Normal, normal, normal. Be sure to tune in, and as always, thank you so much for being here with us. You always have a friend in Bendy.